0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Process Podcast. I'm Charlie Ludkowski, that man on the other mic, on the other computer, on the other side of me. It's my best friend and co-host, Nick Veronica. Nick, how are you doing?
1: Doing great. It was just draft weekend, man. Always an exciting time.
0: Yes, yes. It was, you know, it was a little bit more exciting, and I found myself actually watching a lot more than what I think I said that I was going to watch it last week, Um, mostly because there's really nothing on TV all weekend. But uh, I definitely tuned in all night Thursday, all night Friday, uh, and part of the day on Saturday. But uh, Buffalo did some interesting stuff, and I think the AFC East did some interesting stuff, and uh, we'll get into all of that. We're also going to talk a little bit of Ryan Miller towards the end as well. And, of course, we had to talk about the Josh Allen, Tremaine Edmonds fifth-year options being picked up today. But, uh, Nick, before we get into all of that, let's talk draft. Let's talk day one of the draft, Thursday night. And you know what? Let's just jump right ahead to pick number 30 and the Buffalo Bills selecting Greg Russo. Uh,
1: I, li- I like the pick. I will actually – I'm going to totally blow up what you said. Like, What was it, five picks before that maybe? Travis Etienne went to the Jaguars, and I was kind of pumped – I was like, you know what? The Bills can't even do the dumb thing if he's not even there. I I was hoping that they were not going to take a running back in the first round, and I felt like I felt like if he was there, they would have taken him. I just had that feeling, and then the fact that he wasn't even available to you, know, like they, they couldn't even do the dumb thing. The Jaguars. First, what are the Jaguars doing? All right. They had James Robinson last year, which came out of nowhere. was amazing. And they're like, hmm, should we take advantage of like hitting the jackpot with this guy? No, let's, let's not get our, you know, our brand new quarterback alignment or something like, let's just take another running back. I don't know what they're I, doing. Bad teams do bad stuff, <laughs> but it saved the bills here. They took Greg Russo.
0: I thought it was interesting. The Jaguars were the, weren't the only team to draft multiple players, from the same team like back to back I think we saw Miami do it I believe we saw um uh, you, you obviously saw uh, the Jaguars do it and multiple other teams also took took multiple guys at the same position um or I'm sorry of the same team uh same college how about quarterback same college team yeah um but real interesting draft overall I, I'm like you I was glad to see ETN go at 25 um, I was glad to see Buffalo not trade up 225 to get etn um but tell me what you think about the greg rousseau uh pick first
1: all right so rousseau is interesting because on the last episode we talked about guys who were kind of one-year wonders in college who would blow you know they used to blow the bills away with, with these these you know this film that was kind of a flash in the pan and you weren't sure what to do with it um greg rousseau is like sort of like that but just different because he had his, his his freshman season at Miami like 15 plays into his career broke his ankle off the year. Second year came back unbelievable production, 15 and a half sacks, second in the NCAA behind Chase Young, which is amazing. And then last year he opted out cuz of COVID. Right. So you're like, man, what do you like what do you do with that? And from the people who would watch this film, they said it, it's kind of crazy that first of all, the guy's six six and five eight. Sorry, he's a monster. This, did you see the picture the Bills put up with McDermott and Bean and <laughs> Greg Rousseau? Greg Rousseau is towering or oh, like hilarious. Um, yeah, but, I, I showed my wife that she couldn't
0: believe that a human was yeah, actually that tall.
1: Loved it, it was hilarious. Um, but given his size, like you would think he's. He's like using the, the strength to get by people and, and the, the scouting reports on him said he really wasn't, you know, bursting around the edge. He was kind of, you know, taking on interior linemen when, and he was just blowing past them for a sec. So it wasn't really, you know, true edge rush production, but still a lot of, lot of room to grow. I watched the, some of the videos the Bills put up with him. He seems like he kind of fits into the brand of being Sean McDermott mold of being like I just thought down-to-earth kind of humble guy, like definitely checked their character box.
0: You know, I'll say this. When they made the pick, and I tuned into GR right away to kind of listen to his press conference and hear him talk to local media, I immediately thought, well, well when they first made the pick, I'm like, I don't like the pick. And I'm still on the fence with the pick. I don't think it's a terrible pick anymore. It's just Definitely a position of what... need. Right, a position in need. But, you, you know – it day one alone right even day two even after day two which we'll talk about here in a little bit but i felt like the bills didn't get better right away with their picks i think you look at everyone else in the afc east throughout day one even day one especially like just look at day one in itself everyone in the afc east except maybe new england they you know they took mac jones whatever i'm not a big fan of mac but who knows what belichick might do with him um but every every team in the AFC East and the AFC for that matter, I felt like just seemed to get better and immediately better. Um, yeah. But but when it comes to Rousseau, I thought immediately like, okay, I like this person. I like him as a person. He was very excited. Um, you his know, parents
1: met in Buffalo.
0: Yes, yeah, awesome. parents met met in Buffalo. His family lived in Buffalo. He still has family that lives here, lives there, which is pretty cool. Um you know, he just all around was just very excited to be coming to Buffalo, which is, which is awesome. Um, you, you know, and that's not something that we've heard. And, you know, the good thing is too, at least he knew where Buffalo was <laughs> unlike uh, Marshawn Lynch, who thought that he'd be coming and hanging out with Jay-Z and, and all of them in, in New York. But, um, you know, it, it's not a bad pick, right? Like, like he's, I got a stat for you, man. So, so out of, there's five guys on this list, okay? Uh, Gregor So, Aziz, Oljahari, uh, I think I'm saying his last name right, probably wrong, Joe Tyron, Malcolm Kunitz, and Cody Payne, who you actually really liked,
1: right? Cody Payne, yep.
0: Um, okay, so most sacks in the NFL obviously occur when the quarterback takes three to five-step dropbacks, correct? We all agree? Great. Awesome.
1: I mean, I'll take your word for it.
0: Okay. So, uh, this is the highest pressure rate versus three and five step dropbacks. This is not from the uh, day one and day two edge rusher selections. So, the, the, just okay. out of these, the day one, day two, Greg Rousseau has a 24% uh, pressure rating versus three and five step dropbacks. The highest out of everybody in the draft from day day one and day two. Second, this is Zizel Zahari. Joe Tyron is third. Malcolm Kunitz from Buffalo is fourth, and Cody Pay is fifth, um, and Greg is the only one over 20, well over 20. Uh, everyone else is 19 and 18%. So the guy can get to the quarterback, which is something mm-hmm. that I felt like Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean sat down and looked at um, this team and said, where did we fail against – Kansas city. Where did Tampa succeed against Kansas city? Mm -hmm. They succeeded on that pass rush. They were able to get to the quarterback. So Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean sat back and said, how can we beat Kansas city? Well, one way to beat Kansas city is by getting after the quarterback and getting the quarterback on the ground. So you got a guy who can bring pressure. You got a guy who can get some sacks. Um, you know, he's still got some work to do. He's still got to grow into that big six seven frame of his. Um, and he will eventually. But he's he's a young kid. He's twenty two, I think he is, twenty-two. Um he, he he just has some growing into that body, man. But he could be man, he could be dangerous if, if he if he works out the way that he worked out in college.
1: I'm talking about Greg Rousseau here? Greg Rousseau. Got one minor correction, which is my Greg Rousseau stat. He's not 22 years old. Greg Rousseau is the first Buffalo Bills player born in the 2000s. Dude, now you're making me
0: feel older. We are
1: all officially old. dude. If If you want to feel a little bit better, you are considerably younger than the reigning Super Bowl MVP, if that helps at all.
0: Let me ask you this question real quick before we move on. How many times this weekend did you sit down and call a draft pick? Like, oh, man. Like that kid's a really good player. Like, oh man, that kid. Like, I felt like I did that a few times. Like, now that I'm going to be 31 this year, I feel like I'm allowed to do that.
1: Um, I don't know. I just call it there. Everybody's a guy to me.
0: But not, but
1: not in the in the in scouting terms. Like, I get like I should watch how we say it because he's just a guy. Is like a very negative scouting report, right? He's a or, jag, or you, you know, or, just a or guy. You like
0: a, or were you like a John Madden, um, Chris Collinsworth? Like,
1: now here's a guy, you know. It de- yeah, whatever it, it might depends be. how you say it. If you, if you, you know, I think, that is, was it, is that one of Collinsworth worst words? Con- jag, just the guy? I think so. I think so. Yeah, think it's that's just. Collinsworth yeah, guy. you got, you know, there's looks like some street wide receiver, just, just looks like you, you know, you, you go to the park and find him there. He's just the guy.
0: That's no, a negative. I mean, this draft doesn't make me feel old, but I feel like when the NHL draft rolls around this year, I'll definitely feel old. Oh, my god! 17-, 18-year-old kids who – Okay, but
1: I, but when the NHL draft comes, then you can look up the NHL combine results and feel way better about yourself. That's true. That's true.
0: <laughs> that's very true. Um, but, yeah, man, with all that said, I, I, I'm starting to come around on the Greg Rousseau deal. I think that at the end of the day, he's going to be a big part of what the Stevens wants to do. He's just not going to be someone who's going to come in and make an immediate impact.
1: Right, and that's that's I mean, and, you, and we're going to keep getting into this, but almost every pick here is not an immediate impact pick. This was definitely a a uh, we are one win from the Super Bowl and we don't need any immediate pieces kind of draft for the Bills. They took a lot of a lot of just pure size and a lot of attributes, a lot of things you can't teach and they really must believe in their ability to coach people, but uh, they they were just, they're just acquiring skills basically and it's almost vaguely reminiscent of um sort of what Belichick I feel like would do would he'd take these guys who can maybe and even when they were veterans like they can do one thing really well and then he'd just use them like only in that in that you know in that play play type and you'd just be like dang why, why couldn't that guy do it for us and you remember oh because we we asked him to play everything instead of just letting him Do this one thing. So I'm always hesitant to say that it's Tom Brady esque or Patriots esque, but I kind of got the vibe like, you know, they were really cherry picking for elite, you know, one elite skill or something like that. And they're hoping they can round them out into complete players.
0: You you know, I think when it comes to Russo, um, I definitely think the motivation is there for him, right? Like, I think that's easy to say. Just listen to him talk. Like, he's definitely motivated to come in and be the best version of himself that it could be, right? Not, not to go to Sean McDermott terms, but um, yeah, I, I mean, he, he can come in. He, who knows how they're going to use him. He can also move inside a little bit, which might be interesting um, how they use him there. Um, but man, he's just a tall, lengthy dude, man. Like, like he's you go back and you reference that picture that of, of him next to Sean McDermott. I mean, like just looking at the two of them, like, man, he is a big boy.
1: Yep, but speaking of guys who might kick inside, it was interesting to me, their second-round pick, another defensive end, Greg Boogie Rousseau. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. uh, Carlos Boogie Basham, excuse me. There you go, Greg Boogie Rousseau, same guy. Uh, (laughs) They're new, we're learning. Um, (laughs) So this guy, 6'3 and a quarter, 274. Listed at defensive end, played that in college. He's another guy who could kick inside, who might be that versatile end slash tackle that McDermott seemed to like last year. Um, It was interesting to me also that after in the press conference, Brandon Bean said they had a trade down lined up and they said, there's one guy left. We're going to take that guy and cancel the trade. And it was Carlos Basham. So Mm -hmm. after they had already taken a defensive end in the first round, they said, forget the trade down. We want another one. That was interesting.
0: Carlos Basham, I actually liked that pick a lot more than the Greg Rousseau pick originally. Um, I thought Basham could have been a first round pick. I saw some mock drafts that had him going, uh, you know, 30 to Buffalo at one point. I saw some of them that had him going um, 32 to uh, Tampa. Um, So I I thought at some point he'd go in the first round or very early in the second round, like one of the first four or five off the table. Carlos Basha, man, he's 6'3", 274. He runs a four five nine forty.
1: 940,
0: just crazy. That's a
1: big man moving. Holy cow.
0: I mean, let alone and, – and, and not to go back to Greg Rousseau, but Greg Rousseau is 6'7", 265, and he runs a four six seven forty. Like, bu- bu- Buffalo wanted to go out and get big guys who go really, really fast. Like, that was their plan. Let's go get big guys that move fast. And they were able to go and do that. You know – Going back to, like, my thoughts on Sunday, like, now that I've kind of had a day to, like, really, you know, I guess two days to really chew on everything that Buffalo did. Um, Overall, I mean, it was smart because you go back again, go back to that Kansas City game. Where was Buffalo's biggest weakness outside of running the ball, which was an issue all year? Um, It was bringing down Patrick Mahomes and getting to the quarterback. Yeah, you know, Jerry Hughes is still good. I think Jerry Hughes has a few more years left in him. But you need to start planning for that future now. Mm-hmm. And you got two of the top guys in this draft class to come and play DN for you
1: for the next four or five years. That's big. All right. I got I gotta bring it up while we're on the subject here. Okay. So the Bills drafted two defensive ends. Yes. Assuming they both stay there. They also have AJ Epinesa. They also have Brian Cox and I'm going to say his name wrong. Is it Effie, the guy from Carolina that they also signed?
0: Yeah, I think that's right.
1: Effie Obata. I might be saying that wrong. Anyway, he's a (laughs) Carolina guy. And they added two defensive ends here. I think it is quite possible that we see a training camp battle and possibly, possibly Mario Addison could be on the bubble because of how much cap he would save.
0: Yeah, I think he's a he's a June one cut for sure. I think at this point the writing's on the wall and it's just a matter of time with him, right? Like he, he's got to be a, a, a June one cut. Um, I mean, because at this point you you have Epinesa. I mean, are you going to be putting in these two guys you just drafted over Aj Epinesa? What does that say about what your thoughts are on your mm-hmm. second round pick from last year?
1: Right, and I mean, you know, I don't know between four guys between. Basham, Russo, Epinesa, and Addison. You need one guy who can pretty consistently play opposite Jerry Hughes. So, well, what is
0: what is one thing that this coaching staff does well on both sides of the ball, with, on, on both lines? They find a really good way to rotate their guys yeah, in. They do, in but you would, I mean, right? I'm
1: saying you would prefer to have somebody who was so good you just didn't want yes. to take him out. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, all right, but I mean, so you're hoping someone just grabs it, but if you cut. Mario Addison and make him a post-June 1 cut, which you can even do before June 1 and just make it a designation as post-June 1, saves $5.4 million against the cap this year, and it pushes some of the cap head into next year, but it's manageable. Um hate to say it because you never want to see a guy lose his job, but, man, he's got to be on the, on the hot seat right now. They drafted their first two picks. We're at his position. Mm-hmm. How is he not on the bubble? hmm
0: I would, You know what? I, I saw a lot of good out of him towards the end of the year last year. I thought he started feeling yeah, more confident. Sure. Yeah, yeah,
1: nothing. It, it took a
0: while, right? Right? And I think Addison for sure is gone, though. I, I mean, I think he's the guy that you're definitely looking at saying, like, hey, you know, he's got to go. I think, you know, obviously it's him or 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 Epinesa at this point. And I'm, you're not cutting Epinesa.
1: Right, I mean, maybe you just kind of hold them all and see if anybody gets injured or something. Like, if something were to happen to Jerry, then Addison would probably stick around. I'm, but
0: I mean, look at their D-line in general, right? Like, right now on the roster, it's Mario Addison, Carlos Basham, Vernon Butler, AJ Epinesa, Jerry Hughes, Star, Oliver, Rousseau, Brian Cox Jr., Daryl Johnson, Mike Love, Effie uh, Obata, Brandon Bryant, Harrison Phillips, and Justin Zimmer. Of those guys, they're going to have to cut – You know, quite a number of them. Now, Mm -hmm. I believe Brian Cox Jr. can still go on the practice squad. I believe Gerald Johnson can still go to practice squad, and I believe Brandon Bryan or Mike Love can still go to the practice squad. I'm not too
1: sure about Justin Zimmer. Yeah, Um, they opened up the rules for that last year with the pandemic, I think. But I don't. I think it's the same. I I think they're carrying it over
0: this year for one more year. Hmm. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but I thought that's what I heard. Um, It truthfully, if I'm Buffalo, right, I'm looking at. A way to keep Harrison Phillips for one more year and Justin Zimmer for sure, right? Um, I think you like Brian Cox Jr., Daryl Johnson, Mike Love, and uh, Obada and Brandon Bryant. They're all gone.
1: Yeah, those are all think. guys who would have to have an incredible camp to make the team. Yeah.
0: Now, don't get me wrong. I do think there's going to be a surprising cut at some point through this whole process. Um, and I think that surprising cut's going to come on the D line. I don't know who it's going to be. It can't be Star. Star's going to cost you too much if you cut them.
1: Right, right. That was, mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised when I looked into that before the year because this contract basically just tolls without the out last year. He was way mm-hmm. too expensive to cut. So yeah. you better hope. And I'm interested, honestly, to see guys who opted out. Are they better because their bodies had a whole year to heal, or is it going to be that much tougher of an adjustment? Because, like, I mean, it's really a grind. And just if, if you don't have to have that kind of just pain and soreness every day like Mm -hmm. some people just might not want that life anymore yeah
0: i think um you know we'll we'll see where he comes into the season like i'm gonna be curious and a lot of the guys who held out last year you know you look at new england's defense i mean most of their defense seemed to hold out last year i'll be curious to see how that whole team kind of comes back and gels and was it really last year a down year because so many people held out or is new england just not that good anymore right um and star especially like where does star come back? Does he come back? You know, hey, look, I had a whole whole year off. I had three hundred sixty five days to rest my body up and get ready for the season. And you know, all my all my bumps and bruises have healed over the last year. Like I'm ready to go. And he's worked his ass off in the last year, or is he just gonna come back and be like, I sat home and ate cocoa puffs and bonbons and didn't get off the couch for three hundred sixty five <laughs> days? You know. What kind of player are you going to see from him?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I don't think it's that second one, but even no, even I if not. it is the first one, I'm just like, just once you stop playing competitively, and it's like, man, my mm-hmm. body just doesn't hurt every day anymore. Like, right? I could right. totally see people who just kind of enjoy that that lack of, of pain and soreness all the time.
0: I just don't see how Mario Addison would make this team over a Harrison, filter, Justin Zimmer. Because by cutting um, Harrison and Zimmer, you're looking at um, really just three defensive tackles. Hmm. You know, and you have one go down, you're 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 kind of screwed. I'm still high on Harrison Phillips. I think he, if he can get healthy, I think he'll have a good year, and I think he's going to make hmm. the team over Mario Addison.
1: Yeah, I mean, for for the Bills, you are clearly putting Addison on the bubble, and maybe. You're, maybe you're hoping he gets a kick in the pants and, and pushes himself harder. Hmm. Hmm.
0: I think so. I mean, I think uh, you know. I I, I think that um, Harrison's gonna have to come in and and, and really work and really w- be willing to compete. Uh, another Sean McDermott, McDermott saying, really be ready to <laughs> compete. Um, you
1: know, this
0: this offseason at a training camp. Mm-hmm. I um, like to
1: see more from Matt Oliver
0: too. Oh, for sure but I think at Oliver will be better once they get some pressure on the ends. Fair. If you can get some pressure from these rookie ends. I think you're going to see a totally different at Oliver than what you saw last year. I think Ed Oliver is going to almost go back to rookie at Oliver stats. You know, okay. the one thing, by the way, not to go back to Greg Rousseau again, but the one thing that I do like about him that I feel like, you know, has been talked about here and there because he's so lengthy, man, his arms are so long. He's able to so quickly engage with that defensive lineman that he's able to get off of that block so fast because his arms are just so long no one can get their arms on him um and if he can be that that number one guy for buffalo um i'm not saying he's gonna put up bruce Smith numbers but who knows i mean it's a different season they're they're different different league now than what it used to be um but ed oliver could be dangerous in the middle if they actually get a solid pass rush on the outside
1: Mm-hmm. All right, let's move along here to the third round. Actually, let's go third round and fifth round. The Bills, after taking two defensive ends back-to-back, took two offensive tackles back-to-back. Third round pick, Spencer Brown, six eight 3'11". Fifth round pick, Tommy Doyle, 6'8", 320". The Bills are adding a front court of a basketball team here. <laughs> and, man... Two defensive ends in a row, kind of sending a message. Two tackles in a row? did That was not a message we expected to get sent here. It doesn't mean as much coming third and fifth instead of one-two, but that was kind of shocking for me to see. Let me ask you this before we go on to the fifth-round pick.
0: What are your thoughts overall on the third-round pick, Spencer Brown?
1: Spencer Brown uh, looks like a massive human. He's <laughs> bigger a- than Greg Rousseau, which is ridiculous. Yes, by by uh more like two inches bigger, and yeah. w- and fifty pounds more. So yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, a massive human, and I don't I don't I mean he's a third round draft pick. I I know very little about him if we're just being. Was real there here. something
0: else you would have rather seen Buffalo do in the third round? Because i and I'll tell you what my thought is. Right, I would have liked to see them possibly trade down. They could have got a, uh, a Quinn Miners from Wisconsin-Whitewater, who I really liked to guard. Uh, they could have traded down and got an Elijah Molden or an Ify Milfanu from Syracuse. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Or yeah. I wouldn't have minded seeing them trade up and get a tight end there, like a Tommy Trimble uh, from Notre Dame I really liked as well. Now, speaking of tight end, Nick, I have a, I have something for you. I'm listening. Okay. My interest so, is peaked. So Spencer Brown is 6'8", 3'11", almost 6'9". We'll call He's him a 6'9". a monster. We'll, we'll, we'll round up. He's 6'9", 3'11", and runs a 4'8", 7'40". Like, just stupid, right? Like, there's not many humans that big. I mean, it seems like all the big humans play for the Bills now.
1: But Yeah, pro, pro football focuses right up on him, Um, said he is, quote, Built like a world's strongest man competitor. I'll take that <laughs> guy to protect Josh Allen for sure.
0: By the way, that poor table that he jumped through stood no chance. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Spencer Brown played tight end at high school. Okay. Ooh. Again, I'm gonna repeat this again. He's six nine, runs a four eight, seven, forty. Lee Smith ran a five second forty. Yeah. Do I have to say any more here? Like,
1: you're you saying know. he could be the ultimate jumbo package tight end.
0: Yes, absolutely. Like, there's your replacement for Lee Smith right there.
1: Because let's face it,
0: I, like I I don't Spencer Brown is going to be a project, right? I look at this guy; he is the Josh Allen of offensive linemen. Right, he's going to be a project. It's going to take him two to three years to come in and get comfortable in the league. They're only okay. packages where he could be successful, like being that big blocking tight end, when you need him either on the off on the on the goal line, or you run a quick little play for him and you know a quick little dump off. You know the guy's got tight end experience. Who says he seems like a pretty smart guy too? From what I've read about him, um, mm-hmm. you know who says he can't step in? On top of all that, man, the guy scored a ten out of ten on the Raz. Which is just ridiculous. The relative athletic score, in case no one knows, oh. is. Um he got e- an elite score, which was you know unheard of. The right. only thing that he scored, be- you know, below average in or good in, everything was elite. The only thing he scored good in was
1: his weight at three hundred eleven. Well, that everything else was considered elite. That's basically the scouting report on him. You see. Is- Unbelievable freaky athlete. Uh needs some skilled work as a lineman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, he's got a, 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 a four four shuttle, a nine or a six nine six on a three cone. Like the guy's just stupid good. And he could be very, very good and maybe I don't want to say not necessarily, you, don't, you don't usually call third round pick steals. Um, but he's he, got he a lot be, of work to do technically.
1: He does. He definitely a guy has, guy has a lot of work course. to do.
0: He has a lot of work to do, but if there's any offense that I feel like he get it done Mm -hmm. is Sean McDermott. Now, with that also
1: being said, so you want to see him on the goal line come in as the jumbo tight end?
0: Yes, and I want to see them throw. You know, you know where they would use Dion Dawkins at points last year, where they would let Dawkins roll out and Mm. Sean or and uh, Allen would just dump a pass to 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 Dawkins. I like to see that guy now be Spencer Brown. (laughs)
1: The veteran is going to have an issue if the rookie comes stealing his touchdown. Can,
0: can you imagine, <laughs> like, just real quick, Spencer Brown just going out for like a quick little pass on the goal line and getting mm-hmm. guarded by a guy like Asante Samuel, who's like 5'9". Oh my gosh, you just
1: throw it up there.
0: Like, just throw it up there, man. Just literally, literally a foot taller. Yeah. Like all he, then then you huh. put it up above his head. That's another four feet.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's funny you mention this because something I looked up like my one of my conspiracy theories after the first round with Greg Rousseau. Greg Rousseau went to high school in Florida and was an all-state wide receiver, right? Do you know how good you have to be to be all-state in Florida?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, trust me. I know. I know. There wasn't many of them. Sammy Watkins I don't even believe was all-state.
1: All right. Greg Rousseau was. So Greg Rousseau also uh, only has like r- one real season playing defensive end. He was – He was. Um, I think he was a safety in high school on defense. Mm-hmm. All right. If you just wanted to compare – Greg Rousseau versus Kyle Pitts, who we talked about in the last episode, who was the fourth overall pick at this can't-miss tight end. Just looking at their builds here. Rousseau, 6'6 six, six and 5 eighths. Kyle Pitts, 6'5 five and 5 eighths. Rousseau's taller. Rousseau has 20 pounds on him, 266 to 245. The wingspan, 83 and a quarter to 83 and 3 eighths, pretty much the same. Hand size. Rousseau's got him by a little bit. 10-yard split in the 40, 1.57 versus 1.55. Kyle Pitts pulled away down the stretch, but their 10-yard burst was basically the same. Kyle Pitts has a little bit better vertical, but he is lighter. And bench press uh, of 225, Greg Rousseau did 21, Kyle Pitts did 22. I'm telling you, he's basically built like this freaky can't-miss tight end who went fourth overall. He was an all-state receiver in high school, there's got to be something there that could maybe be. I would love to see. All right, we got Shohei Ohtani flipping baseball on its head right now, being a pitcher and a hitter. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Greg Rousseau be a two-way player. Put him in as a goal line tight end. I would love it.
0: What if he? I mean, how many guys nowadays play? No, I mean not anymore, right? Like I feel like it's something that you, like you used to see more so in college, where you guys, or even high school guys playing both sides of the ball like literally playing every single snap
1: yeah it's like a high school thing
0: yeah like i don't i'm not saying that you're going to see him play every single snap but i wouldn't mind seeing you throw greg rousseau in there on plays when you got a hail mary mm-hmm. it down the field and just like, dude throw it up put him and spencer brown in there absolutely okay Signed well it
1: never day. happens in the nfl that's why i want to see it so bad like this is <laughs> not quite as difficult as shahi atani but man you like you literally never see that it's like no, I I
0: wouldn't mind seeing. I mean,
1: yeah, Rousseau's it,
0: got the numbers to show that he can do it, right? Like, the pro- the problem's going to be with me is how quick can he learn a playbook? Like, you know, he seems again. He seems like a smart kid. Mm-hmm. See, there I go saying kid again. He seems like a smart kid, but um, he's a kid. He's a kid that well, dude. I mean, I'm going to be 31 this year. Everyone's a kid now. He can't everyone, legally get a beer yet. Everyone under 21 is still is well. Under, anyone over under 25 is a kid to me now. <laughs> It almost being 35. Um, 31. No. You know? But um, you know, he 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 seems like a smart guy, man. He's got the brains. If he can pick up this this defense pretty quick, and McDermott's like, although I'm also not gonna put it past Brian Dable to draw something up. Brian Dable's probably looking at this and like, okay, we got a six-seven, six eight defensive end who can who can catch the ball. I have a six nine offensive tackle who has a history of catching the ball and is, you know, th- this elite athlete. He played basketball on top of it. He has a basketball background, so you know the guy can jump. I'm sure Brian Dable is sitting right now in his office somewhere, drawing up plays for those two on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. In some and then way. Josh
1: Allen's gonna say, "Wow, they took seven defenders to cover all those guys. I'll just run it in." Yeah,
0: right, right, right. Like, <laughs> When every every time you say that, I go back to thinking of the Nate Peterman. Uh, was it Nate Peterman? I think it was Nate Peterman years ago. And he tried to run the ball in on, at, like, the end of the second half or the end of the second quarter. And instead of just throwing the ball downfield with no time left, he thought he could run the ball 50 yards to the end zone and got, like, tackled at the 30 like an idiot.
1: Anyway. We don't speak that
0: name on this podcast. No, no. <laughs> But you know whose name we can't speak is Tommy Doyle, the offense tackle from Miami who Buffalo took in the fifth round. Um, So this pick I was a little mad at Buffalo for. Okay. And I'll tell you why. If you listened last week, there's one guy that I really liked. And if you follow me on Twitter, there's one guy I was really, really high on on day three. And that man goes by the name of Sean Wade, the defensive back from Ohio State. I was all aboard choo-choo-choo all day on the Sean Wade hype train. Like sign me up. Get me some Sean Wade. Get him in the Bills jersey. I'm ready to go. Sean Wade was picked at 160. Tom O'Dell was picked at 161. So I was a little upset the Buffalo couldn't maybe make a move up to get a guy like Sean Wade. I don't know if they if he was even a guy that was on their on their radar. Um but if you don't know who Sean Wade is, he had some couple good years at Ohio State. Um and last year just really had a really bad down year. Said so he had a lot of personal stuff going on. He played injured all year last year. But, man, if he can play like how he played his first couple of years at Ohio State, this guy's going to be an all-pro uh, defensive back for years to come.
1: I'm sorry you felt that way. I
0: appreciate that. I just had to vent that to everyone's ears. Um, but, Tommy, do
1: yeah, what do you think this says about the current tackles they have? They got Deion Dawkins, the left tackle, and they got Daryl Williams, the right tackle, who they, they chose to bring back Daryl Daryl Williams this year. Dawkins seems pretty entrenched. What does it mean that they took two tackles? Tommy
0: the, again, you know, you go back to both these tackles, right? They're both guys who are going to need some work. They're not guys who are going to come in right away and start. I don't see either one of these guys taking a starting tackle drop from either one of them. I think Brian, I think Deion Dawkins is your offensive tackle till the end of time, well, till he retires or or just starts really declining. Um, I think Darrell Williams is there at least through this year. I don't see them releasing him, trading him, nothing, um, because those are two veterans on your offensive line right there anchoring the line. And I'm sorry, I'm not putting a rookie in that position right now, especially with a quarterback who I just signed to a fifth year, uh, uh, picked up the fifth year option. And if he goes down, like, I wouldn't necessarily say this year Buffalo's not as screwed, but, you know, you're in trouble without him, right? Um, you know, that's your whole franchise sitting back there under center. Protect him at all costs. I do think at some point, um, you know, Tommy Doyle, I believe, can move inside. I could be wrong, but I believe I, if I read correctly, he can move inside. Um Six, not, eight, 320 guy moving inside? Hey, man. That's what that's what I read. I'm not saying that okay. I'm right. I could have read it on the wrong post. But, um, you know, I think Ford moves inside, right? Ford's going to play guard, I feel like, next year.
1: Um, oh, yeah, think he's, very
0: likely. I don't think he's going to tackle at any time. Um, and, again, it's just they're more rotational guys. This this is a coach staff that likes to rotate players in specific, specific situations. And he's a rotational guy that's going to rotate into this offensive line one way or the other. I also wouldn't be surprised if he spends the year on the practice squad, but
1: we'll see. So right. that one I'm not sure because you have to release them and hope nobody else grabbed them. That's true. That's true. Um, I mean, I that could definitely right. see both of these guys being – like, or at least one of them probably will be inactive most weeks. If Tommy Doyle and Spencer Brown both dress week one, I'm like something has gone wrong probably, right?
0: Well, so look. Right now, Buffalo's offensive tackles currently, right? Spencer Brown, Tommy Doyle, Deion Dawkins, Daryl Williams, and Bobby Hart. Bobby Hart's your odd man out, automatically. Like he's your guy that goes. I don't think you cut any of the other th- any of the other four there, right? You don't cut Dawkins, Williams, right? Like, if, you
1: I mean, you're, you're going to ha-
0: have any two guys. backup tackles active on a game day. Well, I feel like Spencer Brown will be active not only as a tackle. Maybe. I mean, maybe you do. Right, like. Again, I don't know what I just I feel. Know. We're like, getting. I'm
1: I'm getting I, us into the weeds here,
0: and I'm going to apologize. I feel I feel like Dable's just going to have a lot of fun with this offensive line, a lot of fun with the guys mm-hmm. they brought in there. Like plain and simple. Mm-hmm. That that's the best way to say it. He's going to have I, a lot I of fun guess with these guys. I like,
1: all right, maybe this is a bad take. I feel like the offensive line, man, I don't want to have any fun. Roll the same five dudes out there every snap and just just. I don't want any fun. Just just make it the same. <laughs> you don't like change, do you? Not on the offensive line, no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we'll see what happens, man. I, I mean, look, I'm all for – one. I, I I agree with you. I don't think both of them stay active. I think one or the other is your active guy, and one of them is your healthy scratch for the week. Um, but you definitely have to carry four offensive tackle. Like, you can't go mm-hmm. into the season carrying three because mm-hmm.
1: no matter how um, – um, Unless you feel like you could kick Ford back out, possibly, but that's... that's no, please right.
0: no. Don't say that. Don't wish that on this team. Keep him inside.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't I want know. him moving I'm back just saying, I'm just saying.
0: You know, but you also have Feliciano who, you know, guard. He can still move in and play center if you have a guy go down there. But lack of depth on the offensive line was the thing that Buffalo had to address. And they were able to go out and address that. So... You know, I see that as nothing more than a depth signing um, or or, or a depth pick any more than what it is a Mm -hmm. uh, guy coming in to compete for a starting job. I don't think he's taking a starting spot away from either one of those guys.
1: Mm -hmm. All right, so the Bills ended up trading down. They had three picks in the sixth round, one in the seventh round. They did not take a tight end. They did get a cornerback. They got receiver Marquez Stevenson, safety DeMar Hamlin, Cornerback, ready for this name, Rashad Wild Goose. Love that. And they yeah. got a guard, Jack Anderson. Anybody jumping out at you there that you want to talk about?
0: Um, I mean, not the guard. I'm not really interested in the guard. Again, just another guy who's coming in to kind of be your depth guy.
1: Training camp um, body, yeah. yeah.
0: Training camp body at that point maybe makes the roster, maybe not. Um, I do want to talk about Marquez Stevenson real quick. I've got some speed, man. Like you you had an interesting take on that. I believe it was something like while he has the ability to play at that speed, he doesn't always play to that ability.
1: Uh that was uh Pro Football Focus's take that I found illuminating. They said he's he's got like I think he, they said he ran the 40 and 445, maybe, which is uh-huh. pretty darn fast. But they said he it's it's weird watching his film and you, you like you don't see that speed coming out really until he's in the open field. So it's great if you can scheme him up to get there, but they said he he has you know that breakaway speed, but you don't really see it on the field. His route running is a little sloppy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, and I'm fine with that. I think he's strictly a guy coming in to return the ball. Um yeah, I think good returner says, though. Good returner. Uh, I think it says a lot of what they have to say about uh Isaiah McKenzie returning the ball. Maybe they don't want to risk him getting hurt cuz obviously, mm. you know, he's a magic guy. Maybe it's a more of a play to protect Isaiah McKenzie. Now, you and I were talking before this and you said maybe it puts Isaiah McKenzie more so on the bubble.
1: That was my very nice question for you. Is yeah, is he on the hot seat? Is he on the bubble? Stop. How many you you're you're not keeping more than what? Six receivers? Okay, so let me let me read you. I'm gonna Buffalo's receivers right now that are on the roster, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Beasley, Davis, Diggs, obviously yep. all and Sanders, right? All four of those
1: guys make the team. I would imagine Sanders makes the team, yeah. That's four right. out of out of five or six. That so that's four. Then you have yep. McKenzie, Stevenson,
0: Isaiah Hodges, Tanner Gentry, mm-hmm. Jake Kumaro, Brandon Powell, and Duke Williams. Duke doesn't make the team. Brandon Powell doesn't make the team. Sabatru on Duke, yep. Kumaro maybe makes the team, but I don't think so. Tanner Gentry, no way. And Hodges could be the dark horse, right? I think Hodges is the bubble guy. Hodges is the guy that either makes it or goes
1: mm-hmm. to practice. We, squad, and, right? we didn't see him all last year. So he no, is... he was out hurt. He was out hurt all year. Right. He's basically a rookie again. So if he can come in and really
0: impress, then maybe he takes a spot away from Isaiah McKenzie, but I don't see Stevenson being that guy who takes
1: McKenzie's spot.
0: It would no, have to be, yeah. have to point, be Hodges, Gentry, Kumro, Powell, or Williams that are going to come in to take that spot from
1: McKenzie. Right, unless they think they want Stevenson to be their returner and they they like his special teams value.
0: Well, I, I think Stevenson's on the team no matter what is a returner, and then Isaiah McKenzie is just going to be your gadget guy, like what he was this year, and not use him as a. So, all you're really doing is, is it worth having Stevens that guy with Roberts?
1: Yeah, Stevenson because with Roberts instead of swapping him with McKenzie, that's interesting. Yeah,
0: I mean you're 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 putting Stevenson into Roberts' position, which was just strictly return guy and sometimes hmm. playing receiver.
1: Interesting. All right, so just the way I'm looking at here, so we got four guys who are preset set as long as they stay healthy. You're right. really looking at one, maybe two spots between Mackenzie, Stevenson, Hodgins, Duke Williams, and Kumaro. That's mm-hmm. five guys competing for one and a half spots. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. I, anybody who can be on the practice squad is probably more likely to get pushed there, but I don't know. It's gonna it's it's gonna be a camp battle for sure. I, I guess. In my mind, that does put McKenzie on the bubble, just because he's one of so many people. Like maybe he's he's probably the best of those names that we've named, but I, it's absolutely not guaranteed he's going to make the team.
0: You know, I, I think that this coaching staff knows what they're going to get from McKenzie, one way or the other, right? Like they they and and he could take a step. I would like I to felt- see a
1: lot more in the actual receiving game. I hope that we they don't know or they haven't seen what they can get. Out I, of I, I don't
0: want to see. So let me rephrase that they've seen what he can do. They haven't seen, I, I I hope that they haven't seen his ceiling yet. Okay. Right. But again, I feel like all you're really doing at this point is you're swapping Marquez Stevenson for Andre Roberts. And, you know, obviously Emmanuel Sanders is going to be in there for uh, John Brown and then everything else staying the same. You know what I mean? Interesting. And, well, and, where where's that leave Hodgins?
1: That's he's, he's just back to practice squad. Back to practice squad
0: or, again, unless he impresses a lot more than McKenzie does and you can use him, he's a taller receiver too, which is something that, the, that this receiving core doesn't have. Hodges right? Hodges yeah, yeah. Well, not McKenzie.
1: No, he's he's a little guy. Or, which, or Stevenson's little too, I mean.
0: Which, speaking of McKenzie, Gregor Rousseau is the size of two and a half McKenzie's. Fun
1: fact. <laughs> not science may or may not have been confirmed.
0: So... um but yeah, I mean, Isaiah McKenzie could, could come
1: in and be. I saw that tweet though. If you haven't seen the tweet, the Bills did like a, a pretend tweet saying the guy, he's two and a half Isaiah McKenzie's as a joke.
0: Yes. If Isaiah you didn't
1: McKenzie. see that tweet, you were probably lost there.
0: If you don't get it, it's because Isaiah McKenzie is so short. <laughs> Let me just explain the joke to everyone. But thank yes, you. thank you. I think, I, I think Isaiah McKenzie. Does make the team. I think Hodges may be it, it. Again, it's gonna. It's between Hodges and McKenzie. Those are your two guys you're looking at. I think Stevenson makes the team. Strickland returnability and McKenzie and Hodges are gonna be the two guys that have to fight it out.
1: All right, I got one more name for you. Reportedly, an undrafted free agent signed by the Bills, USC cornerback Elijah Griffin. Yeah, that name probably doesn't mean anything to you. I'll give you a hint. His last name starts with the letter G. All right. He is of all the famous dads in the draft. All right. Joe Horn's son was in the draft. Asante Samuel's son was in the draft. There were a couple. Mm-hmm. The rapper Warren G. All right. If you're in, mm-hmm. if you're into 90s rap, you know Warren G. His son signed with the Bills this week. And by the way, you would think, you know, he's the, the you know, this heart hard you know veteran rapper he was so like regular dorky dad so excited on twitter for his kids signing with the bills it was great to see for a guy who who's you know claim to fame is the song regulate with nate dog basically um promoting gun violence we'll say just just seeing him be like go full dorky dad mode was kind of funny
0: yeah i saw that video it was it was pretty good um you know, hey, there's that defensive back addition that I think everyone was waiting for. He could be a steal, man, because he's a guy who I thought was going to go, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth round, at least in the draft. I thought for sure he's going to be contracted. There's a lot of hype around him, and it I don't know how much of that hype was just because of his relationship with his dad or the fact that um, now I can't think of his name. The big uh, linebacker from New England that used to torment us is his godfather. Um
1: well, I didn't hear that part.
0: Yeah, now I gotta find. Now I feel like I gotta find that stat. But while I'm looking for that, um, yeah, man, he's he's he could be a guy who can come in and, and I don't want to say compete for that number two job because I feel like Buffalo has to go out and find a, a free agent to compete for that number two job. Um, which it still may be Levi Wallace. It still may even be Dane Jackson, who I am totally fine with Dane Jackson being being that number two guy. I but, think they'll uh, still probably
1: bring in a veteran cornerback just to compete. Can I – not to get
0: too far off topic, because maybe we cover this next week, but who?
1: Uh, it's a great question. I tweeted the list out of, like, remaining free agents. Nobody really jumping out there. Casey Hayward from the Chargers. Richard Sherman's out there. I think he's probably past his prime. Um, Josh Norman still available. I mean, Jason McCourty, Brian Poole, Brashad Breland, like – these are the guys that you you flip by another channel and you're like, man, I feel like Rashad Breland is getting toasted every time I turn my TV on. Um, I don't so know. so
0: for for what it's worth, real quick, I'll go back to my point. Elijah Griffin, his father's Warren G, his uncle's Dr. Dre, his godfather's Willie McGuinness, and, and his quote unquote uncle
1: is Snoop Dogg. So can, can we just pretend all those people just got absorbed into, into Bill's Mafia? I mean, I, I, mean, I
0: think dude, I think Snoop's going
1: through a table, like for sure. <laughs> Snoop like, is not going through a table, bro. You seen Snoop on those those weird ass <laughs> Corona commercials where he's at the beach, like I'm at the Playa Plant. Like this man's not going through a table. He sitting there, he's like, nah. Hey, listen, one or two, one too many Coronas, man. Anything's possible.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I, I again, he's a guy. He'll he'll compete. I don't know if he makes the team or not. But we'll see what happens. I mean, do you think he makes the team or no?
1: No idea. <laughs> Too early to guess, huh? I mean, right now, number two cornerback is open, but I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Is he good enough to take that number two role though? Uh, I, mean, he I would, he's I would better be better than
0: what's on the roster.
1: Uh, no, I think if he's going to make the team, he's probably like. What's his? So, um, I mean,
0: I mean what. Is he a special
1: teams guy? just a guy coming in maybe to play special teams? I don't know, man. We're going to find out. That's why camp's so much fun.
0: Good. I, I will say this is going to be a fun camp this year in general because you've got so many battles going on all over the place mm-hmm. with some yeah, high, expectations, high-profile players too, like at least mm-hmm. in Bill's terms, high-profile players. Maybe not to yeah. the rest of the league, but to the Bills, there's some high-profile players. Speaking of high-profile players, Nick, let's talk about the fifth-year options real quick that are picked up today on Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for what it's worth in other news, the sun did rise in the East this morning um, because I don't think anyone is surprised that they picked him up. I was a little surprised that they picked up Edmonds. I thought maybe they would uh, pass on Edmonds and try to work a deal out with him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I know there's some people out there that feel like Edmonds is just the mediocre middle linebacker and isn't as good as what other people feel. Um But I I felt like the Josh Allen was a no-brainer.
1: Yeah, that was a no-brainer. Edmonds, I I see people who say that they would like better performance out of their middle linebacker who is a first-round pick. I don't disagree with those people. I think you still got to remember how young Edmonds is. He's played three years Mm -hmm. in the NFL. He's made two Pro Bowls. Mm -hmm. He's younger than four of the guys the Bills just drafted last weekend. All right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Four of the guys are older than the two-time pro bowler and you're not going to lock that guy up or keep him locked down for one more year absolutely, absolutely. I mean, do
0: that why would you not right why and, i mean and in all seriousness right let's say you don't who do you have behind him even to say nobody exactly tyler madikavich is not coming in to be your starting middle linebacker i'm sorry and i'm mm-hmm. not going out and trying to waste a first round pick next year on another middle linebacker cuz i felt like my my 22-year-old linebacker who has already been in the league at that point for 4 mm-hmm. years and made 2 pro bowls in 3 years is not good enough he's right. he's very good just relax with him
1: right he he's he's got room before he meets his potential for sure but i think one of one of the truisms of the nfl is that free agency additions are a little bit overrated because if the players were truly that good, their teams wouldn't let them get the free agency. If you right. were to let someone like Tremaine admins get there, the market for him would be uh, very high. Right now. The, now the biggest issue is going to be, obviously that's
0: $35 million on the cap for next season. Um, obviously yeah, not for this year. we worry about but, that later, <laughs> but you worry about the cap later. You worry about the cap you know, some people say the cap's not real, but, uh, you worry about the cap when you get there.
1: And yeah, and you, uh, and you could, in theory, still extend them and have their new contract kind of void that year. I mean, yes. I don't know why they would agree yes. to that really, but it would it would have so to they, be something else and the, it would right. have to be in their best interest. But it's possible.
0: It, the Bills picked up Trey White's contract or picked up his fifth year option, I believe it was in March. And before the first game in September, he signed the long term deal mm-hmm. so that voided out that fifth year option.
1: Right, I mean, you're yeah, not gonna like save wouldn't... that much money because if they, you know, why would they, why would they agree to avoid that year for less money when it's guaranteed? Right? But that, that's right. that's a different discussion.
0: Right, right. I mean, and that's where where Magician Bean just comes in and works his mm-hmm. magic. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was a no brainer. We don't have to spend a lot of time talking about that because I feel like that's just mm-hmm. saying, you know, congratulations, Bean, you, you did something good. Good for you. Um, real last football thing, and then I want to talk one more thing buffalo related um how what are your thoughts on overall the draft right i know we we talked to each player but what would you give brandon bean because you and i were texting this weekend and, and I, I sent something to you or someone was saying hey bean hasn't really had the best drafts since he came in i kind of beg to differ i feel like there's guys on the team that you're starting to see a little bit more and more of um oh. you know, definitely not definitely not a lot of guys who have come in and I felt like been the, um, uh, been the all star Pro Bowl player right away. But I mean, I think you know you look at Zach Moss, Gabe Davis, Tyler Bass. I think last year in general is yeah. probably his best. I, I so think
1: far. you have a lot of guys who are like on the verge of breaking through, but no one right. who's really justified. Like, wow, that was a good pick. Well, look, that. I think
0: I think Ed Oliver, Ed Oliver has shown potential, right? Cody Ford has shown potential. I think Cody Ford more so at guard. Singletary has shown potential. He's.
1: tired your yeah. potential, man. Tell me what you can. We're trying to win a Super you Bowl and, here.
0: You and I have both have both said on the show that the Bills' running game issue is not a running back issue, an offensive line issue. It's I th- right okay, yeah, all
1: all of these people you're naming, I I like their potential. I'm just waiting for it to action. I, I got you.
0: But that that's where I think Buffalo sits right now. Is you're sitting on guys, and outside of Josh Allen, I think the best player that he drafted was Wyatt Teller, and he traded Wyatt Teller away. Wyatt I mean, Taylor could have been your franchise guard.
1: He's but doing it he, in Cleveland now.
0: He's doing it for the Browns and doing it for the guys there in Cleveland and Baker Mayfield. But you know, is it time to talk about good.
1: Ryan Miller. I want to talk about Ryan Miller.
0: Before we talk about Ryan Miller, let's talk about Ethos Performance Rehab, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> Ethos Performance Rehab is the premier physical therapy service to athletes in Buffalo. Their out-of-network status allows them to work one-on-one with every athlete, every session. If you're looking for injury treatment, maintenance, or performance training, you'll fit right in with the Ethos team. Give them a call today. If you're in Buffalo, stop on in. Tell, tell Dr. Matt that the, Pro, the Process Podcast sent you. That's right. So now we can talk about Ryan Miller. It you, is. You, a, I Ryan mean, Miller's retiring.
1: Yeah, part of me can't believe he was still playing this long. And the other part of me is just sad that, you know, you kind of thought he was ageless and you just never wanted it to end.
0: I'm, yeah. Like, like I'm like, man, like, okay, you're going to laugh at me. I was kind of holding out hope that he'd come back to Buffalo and finish his career in Buffalo in some way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was, like that was just come back and kind of be there. the
0: backup, right? Like, just finish in Buffalo, be the backup, like, whatever. Uh, but he's what tiring is, out. I would have settled
1: for a one-day contract. Like, just come back Yeah, one-day contract, and-
0: sure. I will give some kudos to the Anaheim Ducks. I thought they did a really good job. Um, with. I don't know if you saw the backdrop that they had made for him. Yes, very nice. Michigan State had all the teams he played for the NHL, USA Hockey on there. Really nice touch by the Ducks. So top class organization there in Anaheim. Um, I don't like the fact that he ended up in Anaheim or that he ended up out west. I'm still a firm believer of the conspiracy theory that he only ended up out there because his wife is an actress and she wanted to live on the West Coast and not in Buffalo because there's not a lot of movies being done in Buffalo. Um, even though I feel like she's a C-list actress, but we'll save that for later. Ryan Miller is listening to the show, so I feel like I could say that. Um, however, I'm going to miss Ryan Miller. Like he was, You, you said this best,
1: so I, I don't want to take your credit. Oh, you can paraphrase You can quote me. I would like. I, to.
0: I'm going to quote you, right? Like, you missed the time. There's a great philosopher
1: when... <laughs> once said.
0: Okay, go ahead. <laughs> as, a, as a great tweeter once said. Oh, um, there you go. There you go. He, uh, he was one of the last players that actually seemed to care in Buffalo, right? Like, you said to me, you missed the time when players actually cared, like when they actually gave a shit.
1: And he, he was. He cares. now that you're saying it back to me. It sounds a little harsh when it's just saying it back to me. But But he was he was the last guy who like really spoke for the team and who was like the adult in the locker room. All right. After a game, you wanted to hear from Ryan Miller because he was gonna a give it to you straight. He was gonna speak on behalf of the team and he backed it up. All right. Mm -hmm. Like there was one one time this is like a super random thing, like Pat Coletta was, you know did something dumb and then made some comments about it. And like Ryan Miller just just straight up called them out. And like, they haven't had a guy for so long who like really was just responsible and like actually cared enough to Mm -hmm. take the reins and be like, no, 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 I'm responsible for this team. All right. This, this is on me and I'm going to make it. It's been 10 effing years. Mm -hmm. All right. And maybe they had Ryan O'Reilly for, like a little bit before he lost his love of hockey from being here and like maybe Steve Ott was like sort of in that realm when he wasn't licking people's visors and like <laughs> like they're just, they're just trying to think of like who actually showed real leadership on this Jack Eichel not doing it yet mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Evander Kane probably the farthest thing from like I <laughs> can't years. I mean I haven't been as plugged into the Sabres since they've been bad but it's you that's been such a, a void on this team. Is you're just someone to be the the statesman in the Dylan Cousins is becoming that guy. The dude, mean, what is Dylan, Dylan Cousins, what is he nice year man year old. he least, I love
0: I he, I hear what you're saying, I love that he he is at least sticks up for that. his teammates one way or the other. Yeah, right? he like, does. you don't see that from everyone else.
1: Yeah, yeah. I saw somebody on Twitter said, like okay, I posted the video of Ryan Ryan Miller coming to the press conference just to call out. Lucic after he hit Miller. Yes. Yes, you did. Great, great One video. One of my
0: favorite videos.
1: And um somebody tweeted that the Sabres like failed in any way to like stick up for Ryan Miller after that incident. And basically it's just been in a downhill hill spiral since. And like you can't really disprove that. Well,
0: so as dumb as this sounds, the league's obviously gone a different way since then, right? Like I feel like Lucich, you I guess you put scummy Tom Wilson in that category two now but like there's not many enforcers left in the league like guys who are just willing to go out there there's not that john scott in the league anymore who's just willing to go out there and say hey well, i guess ryan reeves and maybe that guy but you don't see him fighting every night anymore um
1: but no, there's but no put, one put a little anymore. more respect on lucy though. he was also a talented player in addition he was
0: i'll give him a little bit. He, he was more of a talented player than what tom wilson is mm-hmm. um and by the time i think everyone listens to this they'll see the tom wilson video from from tonight, which was Monday, um, and I think they'll know why I'm saying what I'm saying. But I think Milan Lucha's ha- ha- has had talent, right? He was talented, but he could also throw the mitts. Mm-hmm. Patrick Cleta, John Scott, those were really the last guys Buffalo had that were that would just go out there and fight. Cleta had a, I wouldn't say a lot of talent, but he had a little bit. You know, he could score some goals here and there. Nothing, you know, great, but sure. But Buffalo didn't have that guy. I felt like who was willing to go and stick up for their teammates. Miller was that only guy who was willing to call out all the BS going on around him, and he was just a guy who just was like, "Look, like I love being here. I love this team, mm-hmm. and I just all he wanted to do was win. He didn't care." Yeah.
1: Thomas Vanek too.
0: Thomas Vanek was another one, man. Like that's where it ended with those two guys. And ever since those two guys left, the team has been on a downhill spiral since.
1: Yep, and I think uh, is it possible tonight the Sabres are going to clinch last place in the NHL, clinch first, best odds in the draft lottery, and this is like, what, three months after, four months after Terry Pigula thought adding a player in free agency made them a Stanley Cup team?
0: Listen, I only caught the third period, and they ended up winning the game, but
1: they look All right, pretty... if, it did, if it's not happening today, it'll be later this week. They look pretty damn
0: good today, so maybe they don't clinch the last place. Maybe they finish in second to last, which might be better because every year Edmonton finished second to last. Didn't clinch last place. Every year when Edmonton clinched second to last, Edmonton seemed to get the number one overall pick, talking about the Connor McDavid year. So maybe Buffalo doesn't want to finish last, and maybe they'll get the number one pick. I don't know who it's going to be. It's not going to be a McDavid or an Eichel type of player this year. Not that Eichel's been anything to write home about, but see see what you started me on with the Sabres crap, Nick. All I want to do is talk about Ryan Miller, but at the end of the day, Let's Missed just uh, congratulate Ryan Miller on a great career. Mm-hmm. Um was he great he for Team in USA. The f- he was great. He says he wants to get into the front office at some point and help develop some talent and find some talent. And uh, you know, Buffalo be a great place for him to start that career. Just saying. Um, come on down, come on down, man. He, you know, you also said I've got to give you credit again, man. You all said this before. If he comes in and is like the goalie coach, he'd be the best goalie on the team. <laughs> <laughs> Still at forty-one years old. You make a great e-bug just in case that ever happens. But <laughs> uh, appreciate everyone tuning in this week as always. Uh, remember to like, subscribe, all that good stuff wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, leave us some feedback. Give us a rating, five stars, four stars, whatever you feel like. We love everyone, the good and the bad. Um, Nick, that's all we got. Any? Do you have anything else? I don't think so. Thanks for listening. <laughs> wow, what a guy. What a guy of many words. Appreciate you guys all tuning in. Remember to follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Veronica. Follow myself on Twitter at Chowwit68. And, of course, follow the Process Podcast on Twitter at the underscore process pod. Um, like, subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcast. We're there. Remember to always trust the process.